Hello, friend. Welcome. Welcome back to both and. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Gentry. And this is the space where we talk about life, we talk about humanity, and we attempt to explore it all in ways that can maximize your mental health and make your life and your ideas matter because they do. They're so important. I I really know and believe that you are here. You're listening on purpose. So stick around and uh, let's find out. Let's find out what that purpose is. How many times have you heard the phrase, feel your feelings, feel your feelings, feel your feelings. I, I say it all the time. I have started to say this all the time. Feel your feelings, feel your feelings. Right. Because it's true. We have grown into adults who sometimes have learned to suppress all of the bad negative feelings and only welcome all of the good ones. And and we end up with all of these physical problems and mental problems. And sometimes we just need to feel the damn feeling. Right. So I say it because it's really important. But but I've been thinking about this because. Because if you're only feeling your feelings, if you're only sitting in your feelings, if you're only interacting with your feelings, you're missing a big part of your life. You're missing a big part of your personal evolution and you're missing out on ways to help your emotional health, to help your mental health, to have better relationships. That's because there's a dark side to feelings. A dark side to feelings and I'm gonna explore that today with you and answer the question are feelings always true I hope that by the end of our time together you will be able to tweak your understanding of feelings and get a better grip on your emotional health because I think there's just a lot of misinformation about feelings out there so you have to understand I am NOT an overly emotional person I shut down really early in life because of my depression. And I talk about some of that in the previous episode. So you can go back and listen and you'll hear different parts of my journey with depression. But I really did shut down and I didn't have highs, for sure didn't have highs. And when I had a low, it was a really big low. I felt sad, I felt angry, I felt scared. I would say those are my primary emotions and feelings that I had throughout the majority of my life and still my primary emotions and feelings, even though I'm doing a lot of work to feel all the feelings. (laughs) I just, I, I just didn't, I didn't fluctuate. I didn't have extreme highs of joy and happiness and actually feel those things. I had so many incredible moments, but I'm not talking about the moment. I'm talking about my physical response to the moment, what I physically felt, my feelings and emotions. I just felt low or I felt pretty even. And people often said to me, yo, you're so even keel. You just like, you're so, you're so calm. You just go with the flow and, and you just, you just are so easygoing. And I, I, I always took that as a compliment. I'm like, well, yes, thank you. Yes, I am. But uh, now as a fully functioning adult, I realized that I was even keel because I had no emotion. <laughs> I had 
no expression of what was actually happening inside of my brain and my mind and my body. I was trying really, really hard to think of a relatable emotional feeling story to share in this podcast. I'm not kidding. I sat at my desk for 15 minutes and I couldn't think of something. And I realized, oh, wait, that is the point. The point is that I didn't know how to feel my feelings. And to me, when you have the feeling or or when you have a feeling, it kind of is like this attachment to the situation. So like you remember what happened because you remember the emotional physical response to what happened. And and for me, I just didn't have that emotional physical response unless it was really sad and low and lonely. And I did think of some of those stories, but I, I couldn't really think of a time to share when feelings were like this prevalent part of the story until it dawned on me just a week ago I was watching a TV show and two of the main characters died. I'm not going to tell you which one it is because I don't want to spoil it, but they did a really good job with it. It had the emotional music playing and it was just such a heartfelt ending to this story. And, and I was home alone and I felt a little bit of a rumble in my, my stomach and my, my throat started to catch and because of the work that I've been doing, I realized, okay, I'm, I'm about to cry. And I knew that there was a lot in me emotionally that I had not yet been able to work out in my life. I, because I have shoved things down for so long and that has been my go-to, I have to do a lot to bring that emotion out of me, to bring forth what is stuck in my body physically And crying is one of the most powerful ways to release a lot of that emotional energy in us. So when I started to tear up and I was alone, I thought, I'm doing this. I'm I'm letting it out because there's a lot. There's been a lot of grief in my life lately. There's been a lot of sadness. There's been a lot of heartache. And through it all, I have not felt the emotions of it. And I just want to feel the emotion, let it work itself through my body so that I can continue in my life. So I started crying and then I started sobbing and then I had to pause the TV show because I was a hysterical mess. I, I was, I lost it. I, oh man, it was a good cry. It was a good cry. And I have no shame in saying that I cried for a long time. And then I would try to start the episode back up to finish it. And it was still in the middle of the scene and it would just start all over again. And I just, I sobbed and I got to the end of that. And I was so grateful. I was so grateful to have felt those feelings because as I was crying, scenarios were popping into my head of what this was for. You know, I, I, I've shared about my wife and I's journey with IVF and and the miscarriages and and that whole trauma that we experienced and nearly losing each other. Uh, I lost a really dear cousin to COVID, um, which is just devastating. And I just, there was just so much, you know, there was so much in me that needed to come out. And so I felt my feelings and I'm so glad I did. 
And I, I'm sharing that because the rest of this episode may sound like I'm telling you not to trust your feelings, not to feel your feelings, not to process your feelings. And it's quite the opposite. We have to feel our feelings. But we also have to do that in full awareness of the dark side of our feelings. I say, my little catchphrase that I'm saying now is, feel your feelings, choose your thoughts. Feel your feelings, choose your thoughts. And it's not some catchy little catchphrase that I say for no reason. I say it because I really believe it. You have to feel your feelings, But the reason I add choose your thoughts is because your feelings are in direct response to your thoughts. And maybe no one has ever told you that before, but your feelings are in direct response to your thoughts. In the hierarchy of mental health, feelings are not at the top. Your thoughts are. Your thoughts are cause you to feel a certain way, which causes you to act a certain way. And the way that you act gets you a specific response. And that is a hierarchy right there. Your thoughts are at the top. So when I say feel your feelings, choose your thoughts, it's because I know if you can start to choose different thoughts, your feelings will shift. Your feelings need to shift sometimes, but you can't choose your thoughts and resist your feelings. That's the catch right there. The the phrase is not resist your feelings, choose your thoughts, because choosing your thoughts and resisting your feelings would fall under the category of toxic positivity or just toxic self-help in general. Resisting anything is toxic. Resisting anything emotionally, let's be clear, is toxic. So you have to feel your feelings and you have to choose your thoughts. So why do you have to feel them? What is a feeling? Okay, and and to clarify, I lump feelings and emotions into the same category. Not everyone does. I do. So I use them interchangeably. So your feeling is a physical reaction. It's physiological in your body. It is based on unconscious and conscious thoughts. You have a thought, you feel a feeling. You have a thought, you feel a feeling. Now, the problem with that is most people don't connect their thoughts to their feelings. That's something we need to explore. Most people don't connect their thoughts to their feelings. So you feel the feeling and you think that that's all there is. But that's only one little rung in that hierarchy. So feelings are a physical response. And how do I know this? Because you feel them physically, right? What is sadness? Well, for me, sadness is this, uh, this pain in my gut. Sadness is this heaviness on my chest. Sometimes it feels like someone's sitting on my chest. What is relief? Relief is like this sensation, like you just got blown by a cool wind all over your body and your whole body just sort of exhales. It's a physical thing that happens. And because it's a physical energy, your feelings can get stuck physically in your body. 
And that can lead to so many things, disease, pain, uh, so much that if you don't feel your feelings all the way through to when they're ready to be done, they get trapped in you. So you have to feel your feelings. You can't resist them. And we are taught to focus on our feelings. What do people ask you since you're a little kid? How do you feel? 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 Right? Even in therapy, because we need to know what you're feeling. That's the question. And how does that make you feel? But I think if we started teaching children to not only identify their feelings, but to identify the thoughts behind their feelings, they would grow into much more emotionally healthy adults. Because not only can then you say, I feel sad. You can then say, these thoughts are causing me to feel sad. So I am going to let sadness be in my body, but I'm going to start to focus on different thoughts. Instead of focusing on nobody loves me, I'm all alone, and nobody ever understands me, I'm going to start to change those thoughts to say, I have really incredible friends who know and love me. I have a spouse who supports me and thinks the world of me. So you're changing your thoughts and then that will change your feelings. But in the meantime, you're not resisting that initial feeling of sadness. Think of when a doctor gives you a shot of anything and right before they give you the shot, they say, okay, you might feel a little pinch now. Okay. They're saying you might feel a little pinch because it's a physical reaction. So If you need to think of this differently about your feelings, think of a doctor giving you a shot of sadness, a shot of of heartbreak, a shot of joy, a shot of peace. Now, before I give you this, just know you're going to feel a little shot of joy. Okay. That's great, right? So knowing what feelings actually are, knowing that it's important to feel them, to let them process through your body. Let's talk about what they are not. Feelings are not evidence. Feelings are not evidence. They are not facts. They are real, but they are not reality. What you feel is real. You feel a physical reaction in your body. That is as real as it gets. But you can feel sad when something really good happens. And you can feel happy when something terrible happens. So your feelings are real, but they're not reality. They're not always the truth of the situation. And you can't use your feelings as a fact. They're incredible tools to help us understand ourselves, our bodies, our mental health. But they cannot be used in the court of law. right? You you couldn't go and sit in a, a seat and testify in a case and be like, I really feel like that person murdered my best friend. I just, I really feel it. 
you know, or I really feel like I need to eat this cookie because I'm feeling it in my body. Or I really feel happy that someone was fired and I don't have to deal with them at work anymore. Okay. You could feel those things and you do because they're real. Feelings are real, but they're not always reality. They're not always in touch with the actual truth of the situation. And that's good information because if you can start to understand your feelings as, as a data point, as something to recognize, understand, allow versus truth, then you can start to separate the situation itself from the feeling you're having. You can start to step outside and almost become a third party observer. This is really the dark side of feelings because, because so many people don't understand that your feelings aren't real because they feel so damn real, right? Because it's a physical thing. It's like the doctor giving you the shot. Well, I know that's real because there is a needle in my arm. I know I'm sad because I feel it in my body. I know that I'm happy because I'm feeling all the things of happiness that happiness brings. Right? It's just, they, you think they're real. I'm sorry, you think they're fact. They're, they're real because they are happening. But they're not always the fact or the truth of the situation. And it's really important to distinguish that for your own mental health and for the health of your relationships with others and for the health of your relationship with yourself and and your feelings. So what, what we do when we believe that our feelings are evidence, we believe that they are the full truth of the situation, which of course is subjective to you, then we use our feelings as ammunition. And we think because of how we feel that we can use our feelings as ammunition. We assume certain things about others, about situations, and those assumptions, which let's call assumptions thoughts, cause us to feel a certain way. And because we think our feelings are the reality of the situation, we think our version of the reality is fact. And then that gives us power to go back and use our feelings as ammunition against other people. Are you tracking with that thought process? When you feel a certain way, because you believe your feeling is the most accurate representation of that situation, you then think you can go back into that situation or back into that interaction with the person and say, what you did made me feel this way and caused me to do these things. And while you may feel that way, you're then using your feelings as ammunition against someone 
and you're using your feelings to get your way and you're also using your feelings to justify your behavior because you're saying i feel this way so i'm going to act this way we all do this like this is not an this is not an unusual thing we let our feelings serve as evidence of what's real and then we think we can behave in ways because we feel a certain way so in real time what would this look like Okay, let's say you're having an argument with your friend, like a a good friend. And in that argument, your friend said something and it made you feel kind of awful. It made you feel misunderstood. It made you feel uh, unknown. It made you feel sad. It made you feel whatever, whatever the feeling might be. And so then you assume you start to you start to see your feelings as evidence of reality right and you start to assume your friend is an awful person and you start to let your feelings dictate this new reality your friend is awful your friend doesn't know you your friend misunderstands you your friend hates you your friend thinks this about you and now your feelings because you let them be evidence are turning into assumptions about the situation, which are not in any way rooted in truth or fact. And instead of recognizing feelings for what they are, physical response in your body and trying to identify the thoughts that are causing them, you're just letting them run rampant and change your entire perception of something or someone. Whereas instead you could say, okay, I'm feeling this way. And I know that it started when I had this conversation. And when that conversation happened, these are the thoughts that I had. And so I need to then either do work on my own to identify if these thoughts have any validity to them, or maybe you need to go back to that person and say, listen, when you said these things, it started to make me think in these ways. Can we talk about those thoughts? Can we explore those? Because I I'm feeling a lot of things because I'm thinking a lot of things, (laughs) but we don't do that. We just go straight to the feelings. We bypass our role in it because feelings are unconscious and conscious, but feelings just happen to us. Like there's not a whole lot that you can do to undo them. So instead we just, we kind of play the victim of our feelings instead of saying, Hmm, I'm thinking things and I can change my thoughts and I can choose my thoughts. So let me, let me step into an empowered role where I get to do that. Okay. So feelings, they're real, but they're not reality. Your feelings are not evidence. They cannot be used as ammunition And you need to understand that they are part of a hierarchy of your mental health. They are not your mental health. They are one rung in the ladder of the hierarchy. And I think we should explore how to understand the other rungs of that mental health ladder. Because, because if we're going to be full functioning adults that experience the wholeness of humanity, which is what we're all about here, then we are going to have to explore all of it. So today I just wanted to share and and look at the question, are your feelings always true? And I think that what we can answer is no, no, 
Your feelings are real. They're happening. They're not always based in truth and they're not always based in reality. And your feelings do have a dark side. And unless you can learn to manage them, separate yourself from them, sometimes separate the feeling from the situation, separate the feeling from the thoughts causing them, you will, you'll be destructive. You'll be destructive in your behaviors. You'll be destructive in your relationships. You'll be destructive in your own mental health and well-being. So feelings, feel your feelings, choose your thoughts. And now you know why I say feel your feelings, choose your thoughts. It's my little subtle way of acknowledging the reality of both feelings and thoughts and how they interplay with one another. Okay. So until we chat again, keep an open mind, keep an open heart and open hands. Stay curious, feel your feelings and choose your thoughts. I'll talk to you soon. All right. One last thing before you go. If you liked the podcast, do me a favor and subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to podcasts. We're all over the place. iTunes, Spotify, you name it. We are probably there. So go ahead and subscribe and also share this. Share it with your friends, share it with your family and share it on social media. And if you do tag me so that I can see it, I am at Gentry Lesby on all the socials. So find me there, follow me there and share this episode on social media and be sure to tag me. And of course, last but not least, do me a favor and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That way more people can find it. It's a really simple thing to do. All right. That's it. You can go back to whatever you were doing now. Thanks for listening.